1: The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy.
2: Welcome to the 95th episode of The Awakened Soul Podcast. I'm your host, CEO Hayes. And for any first time listeners, make sure you go and follow the podcast that's at The Awakened Soul Pod. Also go and follow our network. That is the Breaks Media Network where you can find this podcast, um, Socially Unacceptable, The Team Podcast, Technical Foul, Dad's Talking Shit, A Few Loose Screws. Extra regular. You can find a lot of podcasts uh, on the Breaks Media Network, but more importantly, each podcast is different, covers its own topic. You get every facet facet of the culture on the Breaks Media Network, but that's enough. Plug into that. For this week's episode, we have the unruly creatives back in the building. That is myself, Avery, BJ, and we are discussing everything from uh, gender roles and uh the labels that are put on uh gender roles nowadays, and we also talk about how African American men and women seem to get into a lot of back and forth discussions over who has it worth worse and for what reasons, and we kind of try to break down that narrative and speak more from a uh, about it from the perspective of us supporting each other, so it's a great discussion um definitely you you want to stick around for that one, but as any regular listeners of this podcast know we definitely have to go into the mind of haze that's how we started each and every episode off with that's where i get my shit off and talk about anything that's going on my mind uh from the past week so we're going to go ahead and get into our wonderful intro music and then on the other side of that it's going to be the end of minor haze segment i'll see you guys there. <laughs> of hey Hayes segment, we will be discussing some things still in relation to Nipsey Hussle. So, the gangs in Los Angeles actually put on the largest peace rally since the LA riots in his honor, in the honor of Nipsey Hussle. And this was just really good and positive to see. Nipsey Hussle was such a positive brother himself. So, you would you really enjoy seeing positivity coming out of something that was tragic in his death. And, you know, this is something that he would have wanted. And we all know that Los Angeles was basically his city. Uh, he was called the mayor of that city, and, and they loved him. And that was what what came through here, is that love for Nipsey Hussle. And I don't know how you can feel anything but positive of this. And on the Breaks Radio this past week, we talked about what was the lesson in the loss of Nipsey Hussle. And maybe this is it. It's that we can, when we do come together, it's a beautiful thing when we come together for a larger purpose. And me personally, like I said, just seeing that, just an amazing and great feeling. I don't know how you cannot, you know, not necessarily tear up, but not get touched by something like this. Um, I wish it was all positive that we had to talk about in relation to Nipsey Hussle. Um, While this was great, foolishness, of course, comes uh, comes along. And, again, to reference the Breaks Radio, we talked about Kodak at that time, we talked about Kodak Black, how he said he should be mentioned with the pox and nazis and all that. And this time he said something even more idiotic. And this time it was directed at Laura London, who is the widow of Nipsey Hussle. And just saying how she's going to be out here single now and he's going to shoot a shot and just ignorant stuff like that. Of course, he faced backlash, which he's been known to do. Um, and, you know, just today, actually, of this recording, uh, Kodak Black came out and, you know, he kind of apologized for it. Not really. Um, I mean, as much as you want him to do. But he also made excuses saying that people should have called him for it. Uh, what well, to tell him about it and yes I understand that you you can call and reach out to someone rather than do it on the public forum but at the same time his disrespect was put out on social media in the public forum so that's how the response came through as well so I don't feel any type of of negative feelings towards the backlash he faced towards it and Kodak Black has been someone who's been shown to be mentally sensitive for quite a while we saw the the uh interview he had with Ebro and how that whole thing broke down like and I've said I said it on the breaks radio and I don't mean to be insensitive about this, but Kodak Black is just not an intelligent person at all. He's young. He doesn't give a damn. And I don't even think he realizes some of the backlash that he's going to face for some of the things or how insensitive it is. And yeah, he's what, 21, 22 years old, I think. But that's really not an excuse. Like you you should This This woman's mourning the death of her husband. And you're talking about how you're going to shoot your shot at her and how she's going to be out here single and stuff. Like nobody wants to hear that. And like I said, he faced the appropriate amount of backlash for it because it was just a stupid Indiana comment. Luckily he did as much as I don't think there was a straight out apology as Lauren London was old in a situation like this. At least he did do something. So I do want to point that, that fact out because a lot of people who wouldn't have even done the apology. But at the same time, uh, Kodak Black, he needs somebody in this corner who's going to help educate this young man because he is really going down a stupid path. And some of it, of course, is done to garner to garner attention. Um, but you would think that you wouldn't use someone's death uh, or their mourning in a situation like that. That's at least my opinion. It is what it is. I know there are people who are not really necessarily defending it, but say you should kind of understand where he's coming from. And there is no understanding it, in my opinion. Not not with this. Um I may be being too hard on it, but that's just me. Um, But we're going to go ahead. We're going to get into our last topic.
1: Um, Wait, wait, wait. Before we get into that, I wanted to to do something a little different. Can we do that? Are you guys in agreement with it? Yeah, what's up? Okay, so you know how you have, like, in the mind of Hayes. Tonight's going to be in the mind of Avery. So I got some questions for you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And we're going to start off fun and light, and then we're going to get a little deep. Okay. this first question is crazy because I just logged on to Twitter before we got on this call and I saw that Hayes posted a similar type of question and I was like what the fuck you posted I guess yesterday, earlier today what if you find out your man sucked dick better than you
3: yeah I saw that shit
1: right so my question is, I seen this on Twitter earlier today, and it just got me to thinking, how do you men feel when you see other women saying, like, men, women eat pussy better than men? Does that bother you? Does that get y'all in your bag? Ego, like, what yeah, do you think when I know you That's see a, stuff that's like a that?
2: statistical impossibility with me. So, no, I'm not worried. I don't worry about it.
3: I really don't give a shit either. I mean, I feel like I feel like ultimately in order for you to in order for you to say that it has to be a it has to be a pretty lengthy list of people that you've experienced in order to narrow it down to just a woman like you. I mean, there's so many different people who do so many different things, good and bad. So like you would have to go through an extensive amount of people to narrow it down Period. So, like, I I mean, I don't get caught up in that. I don't give a fuck who right. personally pleases you at all. I'm going to just do what I can. And if, when, <laughs> when it, it fa- fails, it fails. <laughs> fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. You know, shit. Hey, okay. I can't. I think that stresses people out. Like, like to wonder if you good or bad and bad and shit like that type of shit <laughs> to that stress really
2: you stress- the fuck out. <laughs> I don't know why people let that shit stress them out. Like I honestly don't. Like, oh damn! Like yeah. seriously, it it like there's no there's no reason to like people worry so much about all that other stuff, and then that's why they suck at what they do because you're too busy worried about everything. Perfect your exactly. craft.
1: Stop worrying about things. Hey, yeah. hey, and that's what I thought. Okay, that was a good answer, guys.
3: Okay, fuck these hoes, shit. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me queens but some of y'all is hoes don't be sitting up here making no nigga feel bad about no shit like that
1: now wait a minute is that your ego talking BJ
3: no I I did get a little irritated but I mean but that type of shit is fucked up like that's just like you know a a guy like yeah a man know how to suck dick better than a woman You
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know hey shit who gives a fuck Well, damn, that went left quick. What else you got? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, Damn, BJ, I like it, though. I like it.
2: That shit irritate.
1: Which comes first for black businesses? Poor tips, poor service, or asking for the hookup?
2: Asking for the hookup.
1: Yeah, definitely. I don't know how black businesses do it. Why why do we got to ask for a hookup? Like, why do we do that? Why is that the first thing we do?
3: because uh, one because the, we we showed up with no money to begin with. Well not even and that. Then.
2: I think I think there's so many people like that once like you know, black people we have to once we see each other, we it's like an automatic connection there and they see a black businessman and they're thinking, Well, you know my struggle, you also black, so cut me a break. Nigga, no. Ain't nobody no, cut me no break that. to get here. And it's just it's so funny because like with me doing like my podcast uh, studio and charging people now to like edit and do their stuff, like I, there's this there was this dude who reached out to me and I was like, all right, well my my rate my rate is forty an hour. He was like, oh okay okay, well I I'll do our podcast uh, uh once a week uh, and I was like, all right cool we we made the deal whatnot. A couple of days later he hit me back he was like, hey so uh what if I only did thirty minutes? Nah man. Nah, it's forty dollars yeah. regardless of nah, how long. Nah, it's an it. hour minimum. That's on you if you only want to go thirty minutes. Yeah. And I'm coming you, to, I'm bringing my right. equipment and coming to your your that's spot. Right. No, right. Oh,
1: Run nah. me my money, shorty. Run me my money. Run me nah. my money. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, that's Fuck okay. That. So the next question is, how do you feel about gentrification?
3: That's a tricky one. That's mm-hmm. right. that, that's before a whole different answer, episode. That's a hard. Go ahead.
1: No, just something light. Like, like bj you're in detroit i know you deal with it um yeah, Hayes, yeah. i want you to answer this where you lived at was it missouri not ohio missouri was it missouri yeah i lived in st louis st yeah. louis yeah so answer your answer i wanted to be reflective of there not so much ohio
2: hmm. in my opinion in, in the experience in st louis gentrification is wrong but at the same time in in uh, this is where my opinion may get controversial Black people kind of allow it to a sense because we tear shit up. Then when they come in and rebuild it, of course, they don't want to sell it to niggas because we tore the shit up. I've seen this shit happen so much in St. Louis. In St. Louis, it's a rotation. The black people go from the city to the county. It's like it happens like every 10 years, the city to the county. The black people move out to the county. It'll be nice as shit when they move out there. They'll tear their apartment complex, the, the subdivision, whatever the fuck up. Then when, they have, then when they sell their houses, of course, these housing development companies buy it, buy it, buy it. And they then they upcharge it so much where it's priced outside of the range of black people. And then white people move in. Then the black people are moving all back to the city. The, the, the shit just keeps going back and forth. And at the same time, it's wrong. But we need to take – we need to realize where we are allowing for them to have these spaces to come in. And, like, the moment you allow a company to buy one house on the block – that's just their foot in the door. Then they're going to be yeah. focused and they and they have the money and the time to wait out whether it's your grandmother dying, whether it's you moving somewhere else, whether it's you losing your job, they they'll wait that out and then they'll buy that and then they'll fix it up and then we can't afford it anymore. Stop tearing the shit up that we got. Like I said, at least in St. Louis, I haven't seen it here in Columbus, but in St. Louis, that is the process and black people have a hand in why they why they're allowed to be pushed out of these neighborhoods.
1: What do you mean when you keep saying tearing it up? What do you mean by
2: that? Okay. Perfect example. So there it was uh an apartment complex in St. Louis. I think it was originally called yeah, originally called Sierra Vista. It was sort like Sierra Vista. Okay. So it was known as the if you got bad credit, if you uh ain't barely if you own section 8, this is where you move. This if you this is a lot of people that was their first apartment. A lot of black people that was their first apartment, Sierra Vista. So this new company came in bought it i think they put like 10 million dollars into the complex or whatever and they they got a lot of the bad rentees out of it and then they brought in new people now that apartment complex looks almost worse than what it did when it was here. They renamed it too. they renamed named it Oak Park. But now it looks just as bad as right back on, on how it was before, because what do we do? We we see something new and shiny and then we don't take care of it. We because it was rented cheaply or not really cheaply, but they were trying to rebuild the image. So they, of course, couldn't charge the highest rent, even though they put a lot of money into the the complex so they they let people in people weren't paying the rent people tore up the walls people tore up the carpeting uh like they couldn't have a pool like it was a gated community so anything that got torn it's not like you can say hey the we just got people coming from the outside that are tearing it up like the, the apartment complex itself looked like shit the actual apartments looked like crap and they tore it up because people did not care about keeping it to so to say
3: yeah that's ultimately how it is in um Detroit, too. There was a it was actually a system in place. I don't know exactly what it was called, but um there was a point when like all of the suburban areas were trying to um gain occupancy for the newly um, I guess the newly built phases of their apartment complexes. And at one time, what they did was they set the rent extremely low. To get all of the minorities to move in So that they would gain the financial backing To continue the process of building The other phases of the complexes And once they got the phases built They would like skyrocket the rent And by the time you end up deciding Okay well I'm not renewing my lease And I'm going to go back to Where I ultimately came from They've already infiltrated where you came from. So now when you go back to where you originally came from, you can't afford that either. You know, so um, we weren't like, we weren't really following, you know, the the market per se to know that this was what was going on. And so I remember I called myself, you know, typical black man thinking that once you get a little money, you move to the suburbs. I moved the furthest away from the hood as I could possibly move almost to a point where My family was almost an hour and 15 minutes away from me in both directions, north, south, east or west, because I was just in search of that better life. And then finally, of course, you know, things fell through. I ended up losing my job due to the recession at that time. And when I decided to move back to the city, it was like the city was like, oh, well, 900 to move in and, you know, all the utilities are not included like it was just like crazy, and so you were like scrambling to try to find somewhere to stay, and they were just using the black dollar to build, you know, their complexes up, yeah, because they know that that's the quickest dollar that circulates. Thank ultimately. you, so, thank you. Like, and I think
2: yeah. too, it's some of it comes from just not knowing. Like, what, what, when, when someone older in the black community passed away, what happened to Grandma's house? Everyone just kind of moves in and out of it. And people, black people don't realize there's equity in that. Your grandmother paid that house off. There, there's no way that that house should leave the family, turn it into a rental property, turn it into an Airbnb, but keep that ownership black. And people yep. don't do that. And they don't realize, like for me, I'm, I'm 32 years old. I'm really just now starting to understand the importance of owning a house and equity and how that can help build your wealth long-term. We, we're not taught that at all. White people... They, I don't even know if younger white people are necessarily taught it, but it's ingrained into the family. How many white people have had the same house or they'll say, "I was I was born in this house. My grandpa was born in this house." Like we don't really have that in the black community. Mm-mm. Yeah. I
3: and do. it's hard it's hard to it's hard to kind of build that that wealth of education too because we are the only people that I've experienced to frown on, you know, men and women for living with family. Like that's ultimately how you build wealth. Like um, one of the guys that I went to truck driver school with, he stayed in a house with his entire family for almost 15 years. And they had a I think it was a seven or eight bedroom house. Um, him, his wife, his two kids, I think his brother, his sister and their parents, they all split this house. You know, it was two kitchens. It was three bathrooms. And he was even telling me that they very rarely even see each other because the house was so big. I think Mm -hmm. the mortgage, the mortgage was like maybe at best at that time, like $3,200 a month. So you got to think like splitting that between technically four families in one house. That's still less than what you would pay in rent for your own house on your own. And then you're not paying all of the utilities by yourself. You're splitting those down the middle. So all you're doing within your family is building wealth. If you bring home a $1,600 check and your living expenses only costing you $500 out your check, you still got a nice piece of change to stack up to buy another house, find another cousin or brother to move in in your stead to get that same process started and now your family is just owning homes and all of them are just living together, building their wealth up. So like we we don't look at it the same. We feel like If a nigga still living with his mama, oh he, you know, he tripping or he just not doing what he's supposed to do when it's actually meant for that reason to build wealth. You know, most of the most of the kids that go to college that are white, they don't leave home right away. You know, because they don't necessarily even have to. It'd be us that'd be like, look, you're 18, get the fuck
2: out. You know,
1: yeah, I don't believe in that. Yeah, (laughs) I don't believe in
2: that. Like with Bosnian communities, which is very. Uh, prevalent in st louis like their tradition is to just add another um not layer another story onto the house and that's that's how so they'll keep adding stories and stories and additions to the house and then you move out when you're ready um but like most most bosnian families the first time the son or daughter gets married; they're living in just another story or addition built onto the house until they're ready to right, move out right. and own on their own. Like BJ said, in the black community, it's not like that. It's you, you're 19; you need to get the hell out. Unless you're going, to, and even then, like how many how many uh, kids like go to college and you have to put yourself through it? Um, your parents are just like, hey, you know, you ain't getting no scholarship. I, I got I got a couple thousand for you Outside of that, you need to get out my house, and this is what you have. Like it, it we. But, and I understand why we're like that we're conditioned like that because of generations generations, generations uh-huh. like we you couldn't like most of most of our great grandparents couldn't really provide for themselves much let's keep providing for a grown-ass person um but yeah, it needs to change i don't think it needs to be frowned upon depending on the circumstances if you're 22 23 24 living with your parents if you're still going to college if you're just getting your career started what's wrong with it you're not dependent on now if you're dependent on your parents to live you're not working and they're still paying all your bills and and feeding you that's different
3: I think I was a little stupid when I was young though, because the only reason why I really wanted to be on my own is because I couldn't fuck my little hoes in private. Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't really have no real reason. Like when I I'm being dead ass serious. Like it was a point where as a man I wanted some privacy. I couldn't I had no little kickback area for me and my little chick to go to. So in order for me to be figuratively a man, I went out and tried to find me a little crib that I couldn't afford because, of course, I'm trying to impress the girl when she pull up to this nice-ass little apartment with a washer and dryer in the unit and shit. Like, I'm stupid shit. Why
1: you, you, stupid? Finesse, you was finessing her for some pussy. That's that bullshit.
3: Indeed, I was. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's, like, the stupid shit that we do. Like, we really, yeah. when you think back to it, you really think that everything that you do as an adult equates you to being grown? Like, no, you just in a rush to grow up. Uh You know what I'm saying? So, man.
1: Here's my thing on it, and then I just want to ask this last question. I think gentrification sucks because these... And I also think the privileged white people with the money fuck shit up. I feel like they move into these hoods with their Starbucks and they fucking whole food. They get scared when they see a little bit of too many black people. Like, if you in the hood right now and you hear my voice, buy whatever you living in. Don't sell your granny house when your granny pass away. Just do what you need to do. And, and if you are going to sell it, charge them triple.
2: But you like, know why they do thing. that, too.
1: I don't like it. Like, you'd be scared. You'd be lost in a motherfucker. You don't want to ask nobody for directions because we black. Nobody told you to move here with your dog and your dog shit and your Whole Foods and your Starbucks. I take Starbucks yeah. because I like Starbucks. But, but that's you what I'm know saying.
2: Too,
3: it's fucked up because a lot of us can't can't fathom that. Because I come from a family that when grandma and granddaddy passed, the goddamn kids was fighting over the house. Because we come from True. not not having shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, you got... Like my grandfather, you know, God, you know, God forbid something happens to him, but he already has it written in the will that um, he bought enough property for them to divide amongst the five children. But the home that he stays in gets turned over to the state because he know they're going to fight over their house.
1: Yeah. And I was smart. It was smart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my last question, so we can get into the main topic. I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to answer with one word and tell me why. Y'all ready? All right. hey! you go first. Being a black man is one word and why. Amazing. Why?
2: Because there's nothing more powerful than the black man.
1: Okay. That's honestly
2: what I feel. There's nothing stronger and more powerful than the black man.
1: Okay. BJ.
3: I'm gonna say being a black man is misunderstood. Mm. it's it's a um, it's a duality to it you know Um, I think it the reason why I say it's misunderstood is because uh, when you tell the black story you often hear a bunch of misfortunes Um, you hear the you hear the chapters but not the complete story and we don't emphasize how we come from royalty how we Mm -hmm. How we set the, the the standards and the tones for integrity. Um, we're the trendsetters. We create the content. We create the culture. We do all these different things, but all you hear is they're gangbangers, they're killers, they're this. So, like, and honestly, the reason why I think we we emphasize so much about how, how amazing we actually are is because for a while we are believing the shit that people were telling us. So being misunderstood makes us a lot more aggressive. Um, we more in tune. Um, we're fearless. We're, we're taking on tasks and responsibilities that they tell us we don't fit in. Like today we have a millennial doing a country song, and it's the biggest hit on radio. Um, we got Jordan Peele um, introducing the world to what black horror looks like. And there's so many different things that we're doing that they say that we can't do. We're misunderstood as if we're incapable but we run everything. We create everything. We set the standards for everything. And sometimes being misunderstood is good because we can let you know in our excellence that you got us fucked up. You know wow. what I'm saying? So that's how I feel about it.
1: Those were good answers, guys. I want to thank everybody for coming in, tuning in to The Mind of April. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yo, what up, what up everybody? Y'all know what it is. Scoop Grady along with the Petty News Report. Thank you all for tuning in. We got so much to talk about. A lot of things has been frustrating me. Speaking of frustration, Kodak Black. This idiot doesn't surprise me at all. Like he went on social media and said He's willing to give Lauren London a whole year before making a move on her. Oh, like, granted, people probably been in her DMs like crazy, but people, like, Kodak is in the spotlight. You know, this is not the time to do no stupidity like this, but, like, Kodak, I don't even feel sorry for the backlash that you're gonna get for this. Like, you put yourself in this situation. They already said they're gonna cancel all his music in LA, uh, and I'm glad they need to. His music wasn't good anyway, and, um, yeah, this is it. It the time for this I ain't got time for that right now not right now he could have did this any other day but just not right now kodak yes moving on future taking a picture with legendary elton john stating that me and my brother elton john leaving the studio love is love i don't want to really hear what the hell future is making with elton john granted i'm a huge fan of elton john it's future that's gonna probably turn this into some sh- drug-headed nonsense okay i don't want to hear nothing else about percocets and Mollys. okay i don't want to hear nothing about his baby mamas i don't future falling off to me i am be honest with you. he needs to come out with some real good stuff i think he got elton john in the studio high as hell and they probably came out with some st- st- stupid shit Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan takes a picture together with the fours up. Now, I hope this means that Rush Hour 4 is coming out soon or it's in the works, okay? Um, I'm just going to be honest. I'm glad to see Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan doing work together because they make great movies together. Um, Chris Tucker, I only got one thing to say to you. I ain't no punk bitch neither. I'm ready for Rush Hour 4. I I was ready for Friday, but I guess we're not going to get that. So I'm definitely ready for Rush Hour 4. This movie gonna probably kill the box office. Like it's Chris Tuck and Jackie Chan. You can't, how you cannot love them. I don't care if they old. They could be seventy, make Rush Hour with twenty five. It's still gonna be nice. I'm telling you. And last but not least, the petty question of the week. If you know somebody is in an abusive relationship Do you say something Or do you just say out their business That is the petty question of the week If you know somebody that's in an abusive relationship Do you say anything or you just mind your business And that is all we have for today Thank you all for listening to Awakened Soul Be cool and
1: I'm no punk bitch Like, I think, yeah, BJ, you said you when you were talking about that, you was like Pan-African or Black. Do y'all have a problem with, what do y'all prefer? Do y'all prefer to be called Black or do you prefer African-American or you just don't care?
3: I don't really think, well, first, I ain't going to really like this. Sometimes I have issues with it because I think it's separatism nonetheless. Like, no matter how you slice it, like, you always trying to be like, you know, social p- like, I guess social specific or like ethnic, I don't know what the word is, but to me, it's black. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter how you slice it, it's black. And I don't think that we should like take that much time and energy trying to like segregate the blacks when we already face, I guess, a certain sense of it in the world, period. Like, we need to just be black. We need to all just be what this. This melanin is like it's strong, it's deep, it has roots, it has a lineage, it comes from royalty. We need to respect that. Like trying mm-hmm. to like isolate us in groups and stuff. Like I can't get with it. But again, I'm not fully educated on it either. So like I I don't I don't subscribe to it. But you know, to each his own. But that's just my position. I don't really like do all of the oh well I'm African American and you know third you know like third world. You can't <laughs> You know, you be mean these people that be like, "You know, I'm like 53.99% <laughs> Cherokee." Like, who gives a fuck, nigga? You black.
1: Right. Right. You know what I'm what, saying like What about you Hayes? Cuz we all know Hayes is like 50% Irish. So, what about you? It, so, yeah,
2: and that's the thing that's weird for me is like I I don't I don't feel one way is about Is this it. the show? Is this the show? Oh, we recording. We've been recording, so this is. Ah, oh,
3: nigga, y'all, you fucking up. This is not supposed to be on air.
2: So I um, I um I don't feel one way about it or another. To be honest, I mean, I feel like nigga, man, I feel like it's too many labels. The thing, theme-
1: <laughs>
2: we on this bit sounding
3: ignorant as hell right now. I knew when this nigga gave this introduction, I said, oh, we record. (laughs) (laughs) This nigga finna have our our ratings dropping like a motherfucker, nigga. They gonna be like, damn, these Uh, niggas. Oh, man. See? Y'all fucking up, man. Y'all about to have us. Nigga, we gonna be coons We gonna be motherfuckers (laughs) Jigaboos These niggas on their show Sound like some Jigaboos Nigga, they say they ain't
2: Oh man man. (sighs) I hate you BJ I hate you bro
3: (laughs) Y'all fucking up our brand Dog (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how <that> <laughs> because man this shit could get aired and they like damn these niggas just saying whatever they don't give a fuck
2: i mean okay. sometimes you need some of that sometimes
3: oh uh, man the views expressed <laughs> on this fucking, uh, <laughs> damn bro.
1: forget it hey can you answer the question how do you feel what 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 do you feel black african-american
2: it it, it doesn't matter to me one way or another i think that um I mean, I'm black. I'm African American. The thing, I, in looking at it from like a a more technical standpoint, is like, am I really African? Technically, people who come from Africa are African Americans. I'm just a, a, an American. Like, I'm black. I'm an American. So I think that I can understand it when people get it. I mean, get up in arms about it, so to say. But like the whole Pan African and listen, I ain't got time for all yeah, that. Yeah, that
3: shit loses me every yeah. time. Yeah.
2: You know, and it's just like the same thing, too. Like I hate and this may be where we lose some from some viewers, but I'm just going to be 100 percent honest. Like I hate the term cisgendered. And the only reason I hate that is not because of to what gender anyone else feels like. Like you you can feel that I'm not I'm not stopping that at all or hating on that. I have no issues with with transgendered or anything. But just because you change your gender and you identify differently than what you were born as. Don't try to recategorize my gender just because I identify as what I was born as. Don't call me cisgender. I'm just I'm I'm a male. That's it. Period. Point blank. That's that I, I that confuses me. Not not really confuses me, but I don't I don't subscribe to all that. It's a
3: um it's a book that I'm reading um well I was reading and it's the most difficult book for me to understand in life and um the name of the book is called Queer Virtue. And it talks about um, a lot of the ideals of how um, the LGBTQ have revolutionized religion and all of these different things. And um, I was noticing in the book how when you know how we typically say herself, we're speaking in terms of what we believe to be the female. So we assume it's H-E-R-S-E-L-F, like how it's like in general, you know, pronunciation, but in this particular instance, they spell herself H-I-R-S-E-L-F, you know, to imply that, you know, the oh, transgender, the right, you know, and um, it, like, not to say that I had an issue with it, but, you know, of course, trying to process something that, one, you're completely unfamiliar with, and then, two, it's like, it's developed its own language, you know, like mm-hmm. it's really, it's really draining sometimes to attempt to even learn because when you, when you step in those spaces, it's almost like you just automatically ignorant when this is not our upbringing, our surroundings didn't project these type of things. We don't see these things every day. So just in, you know, in those instances where a person will call you something and you say, well, that's not exactly who I am. They'll attack you. You know, they'll, they'll tell you like, you know, you don't know enough for you. You're not woke or whatever it is they'll like really attack you for speaking against these categories that they've developed within their community and I mean I desire to know but I don't just subscribe to everything like that's just not that's just not me as a person and I ultimately try to learn but it's just not easy it's not an easily comprehensible thing so it's difficult to just accept these terms I still don't know what that means all the way you know what I'm saying like and I'm still trying to to educate but it's just Difficult for me I don't know how I'm going to get that information
2: And I think, it, I think it's 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 important to point out the difference with Like just because you don't subscribe To or me I'll use me as example. I don't subscribe to being labeled As cisgendered doesn't mean I have anything against transgender people Or people who label themselves or Feel that way like I'm just saying Don't just like you don't want to Be labeled don't try to label me to make It to make it fit within what you want to be that that's my only thing like it's it's it just like that same you want that same respect as to be looked at as a man or woman regardless of what you were born as don't try to now recategorize me to fit into the change that you want to make with your life which is in your right it's in your right to do that if you if you Mm -hmm. wake up and you feel like you should be a man who the hell i'm not god who the hell am i to say no you shouldn't do that but at the same time don't don't now recategorize me for that like that that's my only thing
1: Mm. And I'm gonna add that Like I I have two brothers that are gay And like one of them I'm really really close to And I asked him about like all of these categories And stuff and he was just like I think my brother is Like 55 Yeah 56 And I asked him about it and he was just like Sis I don't know all these fucking categories All I know is gay Bisexual heterosexual All that other extra shit I don't know nothing about. And he was like, "Um, I accept people for who they are. All this extra bullshit that they into, I don't know nothing about it. And like I was saying to him, like, I appreciated his honesty because him being a part of the community, like even him, it's like, I don't know what this extra shit is. But I'm with you, BJ. I feel like if you don't know, you're automatically either homophobic or you're labeled as something. And I think, I do think, people should take time to explain and some people do like to kenya and you know different people they explain what it is but not everybody does you know what i mean and, and sometimes if you you don't know like how are you going to understand
3: like it's a um it's a guy that i'm like extremely cool with and he's you know he's gay and i consider him a brother but like mm-hmm. you know he and i we hold each other accountable like um there's moments And this is oftentimes never said but like gay men are some of the most like how how can we put yeah that's what it is they can be just as misogynistic as Mm -hmm. the straight male absolutely Mm -hmm. just like just like some
2: some butch women can
4: Mm yeah like
3: Like, you know gay men call black women bitches just as much if not more than the straight male but they don't they don't get that same ridicule or that, you know, that, that scolding. So like in certain instances, I remember when we would go to work and, um, he would be like, Hey bitch, you looking cute. You know I'm saying? To some of the women at the job. And I'd be like, bro, don't do that around me.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, and, and the simple, like, in just the simplest, most kind way, he would say like, what, like, why does that offend you? Because ultimately you're still a man and we have to hold our women to a much higher regard, like why would you address her like that, and then you're doing it in a in a professional atmosphere? Like, don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we do that, and we would like have these conversations. And honestly, our relationship is like a little bit more. I, how do you how do you put this? Like, as much as we want to be like the people that hang out in public, we're so different to where we don't do that. We don't go out and you know hang out in public or go to like certain places but we still have that same bond because we know that we're so like widely different that it would be a conflict for each other to be in our own personal spaces together so like I think that we just have that understanding but ultimately like when I want to talk like when I want to have like a, a straight up man conversation like his sexual um, orientation that Ever, ever, ever come, uh, I mean, like about- you know, like he, he's a person that like when, when we um he asks like interesting questions. Like time um, he asked me, he was just like, you know, are you uncomfortable with embracing the with embracing the gay man? And I said, no. Why you ask that? He said. Be- Ever forgive for me? Like we don't understand the power of community and the power of unity for like black men. Period. Like so, just to have that conversation of like you don't hug with a certain level of like firmness. You don't have that. You don't have that compassion to like other. Like I never really thought about that because you have to understand too. Like as black men, we kind of keep our guards up. So like that brotherly hug is like to have an arm in between us.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. You
3: know what I'm saying? You don't fully embrace your brother. It's still like you have to protect yourself against something. When somebody like those type of conversations are being had with, you know, men that have different beliefs and opinions. So I respect the relationship. It's just that sometimes he's a little bit too, too much for me to just say like, Oh, well, yeah, I'll hang out with you on a Friday night we can hit a couple of bars, have a couple of drinks, just be social like that. Like he's sometimes just way over the top for me. Oh.
0: And, you
3: know, that's just like that's just like my personal preference It's not necessarily to say I'm homophobic. I just have a very strict comfort level. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't fear the opportunity of him to take advantage of, a, you know, an instance where we together and he make a move on me. I don't fear that. So there's no reason for me to call it a homophobia. I just have a strict comfort level. It's right. only certain things I can tolerate from, you know, a male. Like, I don't ultimately like the caddy man because, like, I've honestly seen men forget who they actually are, which is a man, and actually jump into a fight with some women. hmm Like, I've seen it. I've seen men, you know, they homegirl get into it with another chick, and a guy actually jumps in to help his friend. Like, my nigga. N- 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 I can't let you jump on no woman. You're still a man, despite what your your construct or like, you're still a man to me. You know, so that that always gets tricky because you say certain things and it's just like, oh, well, he's homophobic. Oh, cancel his ass. Cancel, change the subject. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: <laughs> why do you do your voice like
3: that? <laughs> I mean, I don't. But I mean I try like I said, I try to show love and I try to be <laughs> honest, but like sometimes the shit just be a little too much for me. I just really want us to to be cordial and harmonious as much as possible. But like when you start getting to all of these technicalities and it's just like immediately I say the wrong thing and it's canceled, you know. Come on, bruh. You know, hey, I'm you trying definitely to definitely
1: cancel when they say canceled. You cancel yeah. all the way the fuck out. But I'm glad you said what you said, BJ, as far as you not being homophobic, because some somebody could have listened to this. And I think that's what they would have ran with the narrative it as is, oh, BJ is homophobic and all of this stuff. And I'm glad you said that. And I think what some men, the ones that are homophobic, what they don't realize is that gay men don't usually want you. Like, you be thinking they want you and they ain't even thinking about you. Like, it's on some nah. old nigga shit. Like, yo, what's up? Like, it, it's it's never... They want that person. And the I'm
3: gay saying- men, the gay men actually want the niggas that the straight men look up to. Mm-hmm. Like that one nigga, like you, like damn, this nigga always fresh. Like that's the mm-hmm. nigga they checking for.
4: Mm-hmm. You
3: know what I'm saying? Like they not checking for your little bus driver ass. You know? What I'm <laughs>
4: saying?
2: Like, Fuck out of here, nigga. I think too. It's like, got uh, offer. To and that's why it's important to like. It- People get too wrapped up in who people are sleeping with. Like that shit ain't got nothing to do. It got ain't just like it didn't have nothing to do with you if the person was straight. Stop worrying about who people sleeping with, all that shit and judge them just based off the character of the person. Yep. Yeah. That's all that matters.
1: Yep. Yep. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like it ain't mind your business. It don't matter where they taking it.
3: And it's a, you know, it's always been like a difficult thing for me because I tell people whenever I have like personal interactions, I had a brother in high school, you know, that tried to tell me he was gay at a time when I was homophobic, when, you know, I was living strictly by the church bylaws, Uh. you know what I'm saying? I had that whole thing on me. I was, you know, wrapped up in it. So, like, my brother actually tried to tell me and, um... Growing up, I was that friend that didn't necessarily care how the truth came out because I felt like I was telling the truth nonetheless. So if it hurt your feelings, I felt like it was cool because it was still honest. So um, it came to a point where him, you know, realizing who he was and wanting to come out and express himself his, you know, complete way. He was so apprehensive to tell me because he knew my background and he knew how, abrasive I was about the truth and how judgmental I was because of the church. And um, somehow, some way, I ended up finding out, which naturally I already knew, mm-hmm. because, you know, of course, the mannerisms, of course, changed. Like, things were, like, painfully obvious. But um, it came to a point, no, what happened was one of the homeboys from school got caught at the club and the word got back. And just so happened, my brother was the one that kind of like verified, like, yeah, I was there. I tried to embrace him. like let him know it was all good. But, you know, he ended up running out the club down the alley and all kind of crazy shit. And it was like a laughing joke in high school. And so when I caught wind of the joke, of course, I'm uncomfortable because me and him still hadn't had that conversation. So um, at that moment, he looked at me. and He was like, BJ, tell me how you feel and keep it real. You know, put me on the spot in front of everybody, like, tell me how you feel and keep it real. And I'm just like, look, man, you you my brother. Like, I can't I can't necessarily get with what you're doing, because, of course, at this point, I'm sticking straight on religion. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's an abomination and all this bullshit. You know, what I'm saying like, look, man, you know, I can't judge you for choices that you make ultimately is your choice. But, you know. There's other commandments besides that that tells you to love your neighbor as yourself. So that's what I'm going to stick with. So, you know, I I ended up accepting it. We hugged it out. Our relationship got cool. And literally, maybe two to three weeks later, he ended up dying in a car accident.
1: Wow.
3: Yeah. You know, um, and it's a long story to that. I really want to talk about that on the episode because it was so much in between that. But like... (coughs) Me and him have been in several car accidents together, like several. Me, him, and another guy, we used to always, you know, be joyriding. He was the only one with the car, and we will always end up in a car accident. But this is just the one that he didn't make it out of. And luckily, you know, me and the other homeboy wasn't in the car, but it was somebody in there with him. And um, when I found out he died, like, that broke me. And it made me realize, like, just how homophobic I was. Like, mm-hmm. that, nigga, that nigga taught me how to actually love my brother. Like, he was the one. Like, when I had my little girlfriends, because of his, like, his support system and the people that he was around, that nigga used to tell me the perfect gifts to get my girl. He was teaching me how to treat my lady. Like, all, all, all of this different stuff that he was showing me as a brother. But I was so stuck on sexual preference so when he died that broke me and I'm in the funeral crying like everybody else you know what I'm saying like that shit really don't be mattering once you realize like what these people mean to you different approach and I've tried to like unlearn because the context of it has completely changed it's not just as simple as saying oh I'm a lesbian I'm gay I'm bisexual it's not just as simple now it's like you know pansexual and sexual all these different and you like damn like what does all of this mean you really like what does all of this mean at the end of the day and sure enough it actually has its own meaning but when you say you don't know it's like where have you been in 2019 you stupid motherfucker you know so I just like I try as much as I can on my own personal time to learn but it's not easy to you know be introduced to this stuff like that.
1: Yeah, we sent an SOS out. Somebody come teach us this shit. Why and every time? Think about
3: why? Yeah. Why the, every time we record, we never stick to what the fuck. I know. We're gonna talk that's
2: about. why. That's why. Like that's literally why I only sent one topic this time. Like that's. And when, when I said this is Avery, I'm like, it's just a jumping off point because I knew we were gonna go. We ain't even got to it yet, so it's not even a jumping <laughs> off point. Um. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh man. So if we can actually get into the topic we came here to discuss today, uh I don't even know how much time we're gonna spend on this point, but um, so I propose a question. That is, um I I personally see a lot on social media. I'd be scared mm-hmm. to go in. <laughs> man, I di- I dived <laughs> in. Shout out to the team, uh, because they posted something and I kind of dived right in it. Um, but yeah, so like black men and black women going back and forth of who has it worse black men of course pursued by the police fear of their life black women who say they also have to be feared of the police and on top of that being uh raped or sexually assaulted and comparing back and forth who has it worse and i mean i've seen some drawn out day-long arguments that got really personal and deep and it's like, why are we sitting here arguing over who has it worse instead of supporting one another? That's my mindset on it. Uh, I figured this would be a good conversation because we have a queen on this panel as well as uh, two kings and me and BJ. But Avery, we're going to go to you first on this one. What, no, what's your can, opinion? Can on? I
1: go last? Can I go? You want last? to go last? All right, BJ, no, what about no, you, go man? Last.
2: What you got?
3: Um, Personally, I feel like who has it worse is we both have it worse because like you said, um, supposed to protect each other. And yes, women, you have to protect men just as we are supposed to protect you. Um, You have to have a it can't be you're responsible for this, like the gender role idea, because we can't we can't debunk a system that tears us down individually if we're using it against each other. Like you can't point. Out, oh, I feel this way about black men. They do me like this. They do me like that. And then you're advocating everything that the system has put in place to divide your home up with. Like I think that that becomes problematic. So all <laughs> make, is it, What is it from your opinion or viewpoint that you would have for me to do as a black man that will make you comfortable? to partner up with me and then vice versa. And that starts the conversation. But to say that, like, you know, we fear each other and we don't trust each other. We don't build with one another. We don't care for one another. Like, what do we have in in terms of building if we don't utilize each other as a source for love and partnership? Like, what will we have? So I think that that idea of just saying, like, one has it worse. No, we have it just as bad. It's equally bad because we don't depend on one another. And I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I explained it, but ultimately, I just think that we need to look at each other more as a resource than the opposition or, you know, a a enemy or a competitor.
2: I like that. Uh, And I agree with uh, basically everything you said there. My my answer to this is on who has it worse? Black children have it worse because they have to come up in a situation into which their father has to be afraid to be killed by the police and teach them that as well as a mother who's traumatized by either the thought of being sexually assaulted being sexually assaulted or living through someone else that they that they've been that they're close to being sexually assaulted so our children are the ones that are affected worst by this we shouldn't be arguing back and forth over who has it worse between men and women because guess what this is this is this dates back to slavery almost they're trying to put us against each other and the way that bj said it is that this is just another way of dividing the black family. This is another 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 tool in that. And it may not be an intentional one, but that's exactly what it's doing. Um, you said look at each other's resources. That's the perfect way to explain it, because we are resources. We are resources to help each other learn how our partners are feeling, how how our car- counterparts are feeling and what they go through. Yes, black women need to be protected, but our black men also need to be understood because there is nothing. Don't get me wrong. That I, I said it on one of my podcasts. The black woman is the most duplicated and underappreciated thing in our culture, period. But the black man is the most persecuted thing in American society, period. And so to compare those two, is idiotic. We need to be supporting each other through this so that we can try to make it through and be unified in this. That's my opinion on it.
3: In the mind of Avery.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, um this is tough for me because like I agree with both of y'all and when I get questions like this it always takes me back to my childhood like and my dad has always told me that it's the man's man, man, job to protect provide. I, I, didn't I didn't know that who suffers the most is the children
0: mm-hmm. because
1: the cycle just continues, the dysfunction still continues and we still against each other, we still at war against each other and everybody else is winning, but we sitting here fighting who's struggling the most and we not yeah. there's no progression. There's there's no nothing, and the kids are suffering, and then they grow up, and then they repeat the same cycle. So it's just it's just it's bad. Like, and we need to get it together. We need to get it together fast.
3: But I think what what ends up happening too is um when we when we take a step back and look at the lessons that we even learned as children. Like I remember, you know, being told by men you know spiritual men in in that instance too that you know never need a woman for anything like why not like what's wrong with needing anybody for something it's just being able to reciprocate is what the lesson should be like being able to give what you expect to receive being fair and being honest and being loyal like those things should like have value to them and I think that we're we're always so hell bent about telling people how to make it without something because we come from what is figuratively looked at as nothing like how do you make it in this world without depending on somebody like what's the reality of that that means you either you're lonely either you done fucked up some relationships like it tells more about you than it does you know, give you glory or accolades, you know, I can't stand to hear people said I made it on my own. Like, no, you didn't. Somebody gave you something. It was some game that was handed down to you that pushed you to go after that goal. But why do you insist upon doing everything on your own? What are you afraid to give away? What is it that you're withholding that you don't trust another person with? Like, we have to look at each other as resources. And it's just, you know, we grow up fucked up like that
1: mm mm-hmm. and, and I just want to share this because I know we got to get off of this, but I remember when I was, I'm going to say like 14, I had a conversation with my father about the same thing you just said. I was like, that was kind of like what my mother would tell my brothers, like, don't depend on a woman for anything. And then she would tell me, like, don't depend on a man for anything. And so I went to my dad and I'm like, dad, like, what does that mean? And he was just like, you know, you're being misinformed. He said, like, with young men, you know, a Father would tell a young man, Don't need a woman for anything. And then he stopped and he was just like, If I had a son, because he didn't have any sons, he was like, If I had a son, I would be telling him, Don't depend on a woman for anything because you want your woman to depend on you for everything. You should know how to cook. You should know how to clean. You should know how to do everything a woman knows how to do just in case she falls sick. Just in case you guys have children and you have to be mom and dad, you want to be able to be a provider. You know what I mean? So it's like.
3: Right. Right. Context.
1: Right. So it's just. I believe that statement to a degree. Don't depend on a woman for anything so she can depend on you. It's nothing that you can't do. You know what I mean? If she right, got sick right. or she wasn't feel like dealing with the kids, you can wash the clothes. You could get dinner. You could do all of that. So it's just like, I don't know. And people tell me like. I guess it's different for me. I'm a daddy's girl. Like I ain't believe shit my mother said. I, I always went to my father. Like she lying, daddy.
4: Hell <laughs> <So, You> no. <know.
1: laughs> me and my dad put over- me for a long time, a long time, and he would always tell me, Avery, love fearlessly. We men a flaw. Like listen. Like all of that, so it's just like I don't know. I think it, you know, and it goes back to how you raised and shit. So I, that stuck with me though. So I just wanted to share that with y'all. So
3: Boy, this it. conversation here was all over the fucking place.
2: <laughs> yes, it was, but it was all good content, man. It was deep. Um, but yeah, we 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 hit a lot.
1: We hit everything. We hit everything. So wait a minute before we close out, let's let's get to the announcement. Hayes, like how many tickets we got left for May 4th? Ooh,
2: honestly, I think we only got 20. Damn, that's what's up. That's yeah. what's up. Y'all
1: better get these motherfucking tickets. Let's see how I'm reverted right back. Well, y'all better get these motherfucking <laughs> tickets. Cause I'm gonna be doing the Sherlene. We're gonna have some drinks. We're gonna have a little bit of food. We're gonna have a good time. Hayes gonna talk his shit. Oh, the yeah. most beautiful co-host girl gonna talk her shit. Y'all better be there on May
3: Fourth. It, it's gonna be some serious security in that fucking building because everybody that I know that's supposed to show up. <laughs> it's gonna be some cleavage. It's gonna be some some yams. Some all ass. type of sh- saw all type of shit out. It's going to be a whole lot of security because you niggas is going to be disrespectful and we know it. So, please. Please.
1: they are not going to be disrespectful. They're going to look and admire the beautiful titty rings, the (laughs) ass, the
3: thighs. You niggas is going to be disrespectful. Y'all may not physically be disrespectful, but y'all going to say some disrespectful shit. So, security is on deck at the event and yeah. you don't know who they are because they're going to be dressed in all types <laughs> of fly ass shit <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm hey. going to give this
1: disclaimer too what happens on May 4th in Washington D.C. my second home stays oh, the fuck there because
3: the cougars is giving up that pussy <laughs> to the <millennials.
2: laughs> See, that's what that sounds like <laughs> oh man we learned you know a lot what? about AZ tonight
1: In the
2: goddamn show. That's what you said to that young boy, didn't you? Homer there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. Uh, Tell the people where they can find where they can follow y'all, man. If they if they even want to, after this, we may lose all our listeners after this one.
3: Oh man, I know this show fucked up. A lot of folks. They like them niggas, I thought them niggas was intellectual.
1: Listen, y'all can follow me, um, Avery at people talk daily everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, and please tell Hayes how you like this show. Because I don't think it was bad. I think it showed our energy and our personality, our ignorance, yeah, our man. intelligence. <laughs> All
3: that shit. They about to cancel change the subject
1: after this.
3: (laughs) Oh man! But hey, I don't give a shit. Anyway, (laughs) follow me at DergoBJ. That's D E R G O B J on Twitter. I don't have a personal Instagram that I use, but I do use my show page, which is the subject change on Instagram. And um, I think that's it for me. I don't have any more social media outside of the Twitter and Instagram
2: oh you think so you got hidden one never mind uh you can follow yeah. me at CEO Hayes that's at ceo h a i z e this has been the working Soul uh please don't cancel us after this one peace send us some <laughs> questions send
1: in some questions that's what I want
2: yeah send us some, some questions, questions for the next time we we'll be doing this again at the end of the m- well, who knows what Avery it's supposed <laughs> to be at the end of the month but we, we'll see um so yeah definitely send in any questions you want to hear us discuss
1: bye y'all
2: All right, I want to thank you guys uh for joining us on another episode of The Awakened Soul. Once again, you can follow us at The Awakened Soul or just Awaken Soul Pod, depending on where you're looking for us at. Make sure you go to the Breaks Media Network.com to check out all the podcasts that are on this network. Subscribe to him, listen to him right there from the website. Uh, leave any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensopod at gmail.com. For any listeners of this, make sure you also check out the Breaks Radio, which drops every Friday. So I'm at the top and at the end of every week um, with my respective podcast. So Make sure you check that out uh, with the host there. We have a... We're going to be finishing our uh, Hip Hop Madness brackets, which is counting down uh, in a bracket style tournament on the best hip hop groups of all, of all time. So make sure you go there and check that one out as well. Again, this has been The Awakened Soul. I love each and every promise, one of you. Peace. Man.
0: You made me Stick to the promise, You made me.
2: Stick to the promise, man. You made me, whoa I will love you the
0: best I can, yeah
1: Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> that, that was hilarious. Yes. That was funny.
1: That was that was that was hilarious. Yeah, I hope you got that. Did you get
2: that? I did not. <laughs> you,
0: suck. Oh, you suck. Oh man. You,
1: suck. you know when you get on the phone you should just hit a cord. I know. Nah, I got it.
2: It. No, just...
1: no, no, you do it and you clean up.
3: Nah, fuck that. Yes.
1: Yeah, see,
2: this we, is the side I want people to see with BJ. Nah,
1: y'all. BJ, did. no, you. Like, yeah, because BJ,
2: fucked. he's so prepared on his on his like yeah, the thing, like, yeah. and, and I get it, I get because what he's doing, what he's talking about the series, But like, people don't realize BJ is an asshole. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, an like,
1: asshole, B, and got a BJ straight punch. got like,
2: straight got people convinced that he's like this, like. Almost a preacher, and it's like, look, do y'all not know BJ is a straight asshole? Like, don't, don't get An it Asshole, he will
1: curse your ass out. <laughs> mm,
2: mm, mm. Oh man, oh,
3: man, that is not for the public consumption.
1: Why? Why do you hide that so much?
3: I don't hide it. I just prefer not to. Like that is that often time is a segue into my worst self when I get to that point. No, it's
2: not. Why? Why do you feel it's your it worst? It is self?
3: like you know. Because I don't, because by the time I'm already knee deep in it, it's no regressing. It's like, you're going to catch everything. You're going to catch everything. Some of the shit that I probably, like, conceived about you that I wasn't 100% sure of. But just because I'm mad at you, I'm going to just say it anyway. Like, I don't want to be that person. I
2: really we're don't. Not, we're not even talking about being mad, though. Like, now. Like, we talking, we being laid back. Why Why that side of you? Because that's that's separate. You can be an you asshole and not mean, be malicious. I
1: have millennial pussy.
2: Like, no,
1: I mean. <laughs>